Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's text is from 2 Chronicles chapter 29. Hezekiah began to reign when he was 25 years old, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the eyes of Yahweh according to all that David his father had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of Yahweh and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites and assembled them in the square on the east and said to them, Hear me, Levites, now consecrate yourselves and consecrate the house of Yahweh, the God of your fathers, and carry out the filth from the holy place. For our fathers have been unfaithful and have done what was evil in the sight of Yahweh our God. They have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of Yahweh and turned their backs. They also shut the doors of the vestibule and put out the lamps and have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore the wrath of Yahweh came on Judah and Jerusalem, and he has made them an object of horror, of astonishment, and of hissing, as you see with your own eyes. For behold, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with Yahweh, the God of Israel, in order that his fierce anger may turn away from us. My sons, do not now be negligent, for Yahweh has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him and to be his ministers and make offerings to him. Then the Levites arose, Mahath the son of Amasai, and Joel the son of Azariah, of the sons of the Kohathites, and of the sons of Merari, Kish the son of Abdi, and Azariah the son of Jehalalel, and of the Gershonites, Joah the son of Zimah, and Eden the son of Joah, and of the sons of Elizaphan, Shimri, and Jeuel, and the sons of Asaph, Zechariah, and Mattaniah, and of the sons of Heman, Jehuel, and Shimei, and of the sons of Jedathan, Shimea, and Uzael. They gathered their brothers and consecrated themselves and went in as the king had commanded by the words of Yahweh to cleanse the house of Yahweh. The priests went into the inner part of the house of Yahweh to cleanse it, and they brought out all the uncleanness that they found in the temple of Yahweh into the court of the house of Yahweh. And the Levites took it and carried it out to the brook Kedron. They began to consecrate on the first day of the first month, and on the eighth day of the month they came to the vestibule of Yahweh. Then for eight days they consecrated the house of Yahweh, and on the sixteenth day of the first month they finished. Then they went in to Hezekiah the king and said, We have cleansed all the house of Yahweh, the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils, and the table for the showbread and all its utensils, all the utensils that King Ahaz discarded in his reign when he was faithless. We have made ready and consecrated, and behold, they are before the altar of Yahweh. Then Hezekiah the king rose early and gathered the officials of the city and went up to the house of Yahweh. And they brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven male goats for a sin offering for the kingdom and for the sanctuary and for Judah. And he commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of Yahweh. So they slaughtered the bulls, and the priests received the blood and threw it against the altar, And they slaughtered the rams, and the blood was thrown against the altar. And they slaughtered the lambs, and their blood was thrown against the altar. Then the goats for the sin offering were brought to the king in the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. And the priests slaughtered them and made a sin offering with their blood on the altar to make atonement 
for all Israel. For the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering should be made for all Israel. And he stationed the Levites in the house of Yahweh with cymbals, harps, and lyres, according to the commandment of David and of Gad the king's seer and Nathan the prophet. For the commandment was from Yahweh through his prophets. The Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. Then Hezekiah commanded that the burnt offerings be offered on the altar. And when the burnt offerings began, the song to Yahweh began also on the trumpets, accompanied by the instruments of David, king of Israel. The whole assembly worshipped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded. All this continued until the burnt offering was finished. When the offering was finished, the king and all who were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. And Hezekiah the king and the officials commanded the Levites to sing praises to Yahweh with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed down and worshipped. Then Hezekiah said, You have now consecrated yourselves to Yahweh. Come near, bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the house of Yahweh. And the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings, and all who were of willing heart brought burnt offerings. The number of the burnt offerings that the assembly brought was seventy bulls, a hundred rams, and two hundred lambs. All these were for a burnt offering to Yahweh. And the consecrated offerings were six hundred bulls and three thousand sheep. But the priests were too few and could not flay all the burnt offerings. So until the other priests had consecrated themselves, their brothers the Levites helped them until the work was finished. For the Levites were more upright in heart than the priests in consecrating themselves. Besides the great number of burnt offerings, there was the fat of the peace offerings, and there were the drink offerings for the burnt offerings. Thus the service of the house of Yahweh was restored. And Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced because God had provided for the people, for the thing came about suddenly. This is the word of the Lord. This chapter is about Hezekiah, the king of Judah, restoring the temple, restoring the order of worship to the people of God that had been removed from them before. So at the start here, Hezekiah begins to reign at the age of 25. He reigns for 29 years, so roughly 715 until 686 B.C., he does right in the eyes of Yahweh, according to everything his father David had done before him. So this is another good, faithful king over the people of Judah that brings us to seven of those, whereas we sit at four evil kings, uh, and Abijah would also end up falling into that category. Verse 3 gives us our first family conversation point in the text. Why would he do this so quickly. Or maybe another thing to talk about. If you were to have, if your kids are older, maybe, I don't know. If you were to have your own house all to yourself, what would be the first thing you would do? If you were to become the king of the land that we live in, what would be the first thing that you would do? Those could be interesting conversations because they would reveal what our priorities are, right? The things that we value, the things we see as most important. Hezekiah, in becoming king, what does he do in the very first month of his reign? It's going to last 29 years. That's 
good 600 months. He's got a lot of them to rule. And in the very first one that he rules, what's he do? He begins by restoring the temple. And he doesn't even seem to wait long for that either. So as we go down to the second, I guess the third paragraph in the text here, that the Levites began to consecrate on the first day of the first month. So it would appear that Hezekiah has not waited at all. Very first thing he's doing, first day of his reign, he's been anointed king over Judah, is that he gathers the Levites, he gathers the priests, and he seeks to undo the wicked heir of his father that has led them to be where they are. And that's what this paragraph, the second paragraph, is really going to cover the most. So, what changes would you make in a nation? What changes would you make in a church? As a pastor, I can think of it in that direction. Um, We are taught very strictly in the seminary in our first year in a congregation when we first arrive, don't change anything. The exception being if you go to a church that has some kind of a heretical practice, that is a practice like Ahaz, bringing in an altar to another god into the church. There are some things that could be happening that you nix right away, but even that, you've still got to do so with tact because that would be an idol. And when you break down an idol, people get angry. So we see that in scripture quite a bit. Anyway, He has to open the doors of the house of the temple, the house of Yahweh is the temple, and repair them because his father Ahaz had barred them shut. He had sealed them. Ahaz had forbidden Israel from entering the temple, basically made it irrelevant in Israel's life. And we can consider that again today, that your church be barred shut, that no one enter it ever again that we just forget about it and and go about our lives as though God doesn't matter. The things of God don't matter. Or, as Ahaz taught the people to do, we worship other gods entirely. We don't need a church anymore. We're going to go over here and worship Allah at this mosque or, or something like that. So he brings the priests, he brings the Levites, he gathers them outside of the temple And he declares to them, he gives them the command to consecrate themselves. This might not be quite as intricate as the description of the consecration of the first priests in Exodus chapter 29, but there are certain things involved here. So in that, there was an anointing, so the pouring on of oil, that may well have happened here. There were specific offerings given as a part of the consecration, If anything, that seems to be skipped over in this context because the the conversation around the offerings is going to be coming up later and it's not for consecration purpose. And then there is also the idea of bathing that gets brought up and washing of clothing, also abstaining from sexual relations with women, abstaining from eating meat of an animal that has been torn by another animal. Various things in the Old Testament that would render you unclean. Consecrate to be made holy, to be set apart. Avoid unclean things so that you can enter 
the temple so that you can do this holy work that needs to get done. The unclean cannot enter the temple. That was the, one of the few tasks we know of the gatekeepers. The scripture doesn't give us a lot of them. But one thing we know for sure is the gatekeepers were to keep the unclean from entering the temple. So Hezekiah is very much so concerned thinking about that idea. And then he tasks them with going into the temple and getting all the filth out of it, all the unclean things. You can see an example of this in 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 10, when King Ahaz goes to another land, visits another land, he sees this great altar they've built to their God, and he basically makes a, a drawing of it, you might say, brings it home to his priest, gives it to him, and says, build one of those in the temple. Removes the actual altar of burnt offerings, and just starts replacing stuff. He's taken out all the things of God, destroyed those, he's bringing in these things of false gods. So there's a lot of unclean, there's a lot of pagan stuff in the temple that needs to go. And that's Hezekiah's instruction here. So they have not repented, they have not been faithful, they forsook God, they turned their backs on God, they have not burned the incense, they have not... Uh, kept the lamps lit so that work could be done in the temple. If the, you know, you think of an enclosed building, no light, it makes it really difficult to work. So the lamps really do still serve that function. They have not done the offerings the Lord has commanded, and so forth. So God's wrath has come against Judah, and the people have seen it, right? They are witnesses, as you see with your own eyes. Our fathers have fallen by the sword, our sons, daughters, and wives are captive. They were defeated, as we saw in yesterday's chapter with King Ahaz, defeated by Syria, Israel, and Assyria. Some of the people taken captive, some of them returned, but it would seem, as Hezekiah here says, not all of the captives were returned. So they have lost, not just the unfaithful men, but they have lost from among their own households too. It is in my heart to make a covenant with Yahweh, in order that his fierce anger may turn away from us. So this is good. His heart, like David, was after the Lord. He's seeking to be reconciled. My sons, strong relationship indicated there, not just actually them being his son, but there's a connection here. As king, he is their leader, he's their head. Do not be negligent. There's work to be done. God has chosen you to stand in his presence to minister to him. That's a vital, important task on behalf of the people because they're going to make the sacrifices to the Lord as intermediaries between God and men. We are thankful for that one intermediary between God and men that we know as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So they arise, they get to work. We get a list of them in verses 12 through 14. Now they come from the three sons of Levi, Kohath, Merari, Gershon, they also come from the sons of Asaph and Heman. Or Heman. Um, these are some of the authors of the Psalms that we have in the Old Testament. They consecrate themselves, and then they go to cleanse the house. So they begin consecration of themselves on the first day of the month. They consecrate themselves for a week. And after a full week's worth of consecration time, making holy, being set apart, so doing nothing that would make them unclean, 
On the eighth day, they come to the vestibule, so that's the opening, the entrance to the temple. For eight days, they work to consecrate the house. They remove those unclean things. They make holy again. And as they tell Hezekiah, they even replaced, remade the utensils that Ahaz had destroyed. So the various pieces, like to snuff the candle uh, lamps, to uh, put the incense on the altar, and, and so forth. Then we move into verse 20. King Hezekiah rises early in the morning, and they're going to have a congregational offering. There's not a lot about this in Leviticus. So Leviticus 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, that section is going to be covering a lot of the offerings that the priests would offer before the Lord at the temple tabernacle at the time. And there is one for the congregation. If the congregation has unintentionally sinned against God, they can offer one bull for a sin offering on behalf of the congregation. It's Leviticus chapter 4. This was not really an unintentional sin. And this was apostasy. They walked away. They left the Lord entirely. So there's not so much a Levitical law for being reconciled from that. So it's hard to base this. The number seven is a number common in Scripture for God's perfection. So that's interesting to see that seven show up here. Uh, They bring the seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven male goats for this sin offering on behalf of all Israel, that is all of Judah and the temple. So the sons of Aaron, the priests, sacrifice the animals. They throw the blood against the altar, which was part of the process. Then he stations the Levites with their instruments in the temple to provide song and praise to the Lord according to the commandment of David, so it goes back to 1 Chronicles 25, that came through Gad and Nathan, two prophets that God had sent to encourage David in this work. Then the Levites began with their music. Hezekiah had a burnt offering done. They sing, they worship together while this is going on. And then once it has finished, they all again bow down and they worship. They sing to the Lord Hezekiah and the officials command the Levites to sing to the Lord, just again as David did, 1 Chronicles 25. This is a regular and ongoing thing in the house of the Lord. They sing the words of David and Asaph, so various psalms, again, as David wrote, 73 of them and Asaph 12, so that gives them 85 of the psalms already to choose from. They sang with gladness, they bowed down, they worshipped. Hezekiah notes in verse 31 that they have consecrated themselves, set themselves apart, made holy to Yahweh. So now that you've done that, come near, bring the offerings, the sacrifices, the thank offerings to Yahweh. So together, the people, all the assembly, they bring their offerings. And we're told we've got 70 bulls, 100 rams, 200 lambs. That's 370 animals as a burnt offering. And in addition, we have more offerings. Uh, 600 bulls, 3,000 sheep, another 3,600 animals. We're about 4,000 animals here, and we read the priests were too few and could not flay all the burnt offerings. So the Levites help until the other priests are consecrated because the Levites were more upright in heart than the priests in consecrating themselves. Here's a trouble. So as a reminder, Levites, the tribe of Levi, descendants of Levi, they were set apart to be the priestly tribe, But not every Levite was a priest. So the the Levites would be the ones closest to the tabernacle. They were responsible for moving 
the tabernacle when the camp moved as they wandered in the wilderness and so forth. So they're set apart as a holy tribe to God. And then you have among them from the sons of Aaron, very specifically, one of the descendants of Levi, his sons become the priests. In this case, the priests have been slow to consecrate themselves. The Levites started right away, and some of the priests did too, but not all of them. So as they're trying to sacrifice all these animals, as it takes time to do, the Levites are helping the priests with the work in the meantime until the other priests are consecrated and ready. They were more upright in heart. This wasn't by accident. It's not like we're talking about a priest who started to consecrate himself on the first day and he accidentally became unclean on the fourth day and had to start over. The, the Levites were more upright, righteous. They actually wanted to do this, whereas the priests kind of dawdled. They weren't as upright in doing so. So the temple offerings, the, the work of the house of the Lord, the service of the temple is restored, and the people rejoice because God had provided for them. For this thing came about suddenly, right? Very start of Hezekiah's reign, it immediately becomes. Now, question maybe for the family to talk about, the people rejoice because God provided for them. How had God provided for them? Really, this is the idea of repentance, that the Lord was restoring the temple among them. He restored their repentance. They trusted in him again. They sought him again, and so he would be there for his people.